Welcome, Suns fans, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. My name is John, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew. Good day to you, sir. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, John. How are you? I am fan-freaking-tastic, fan man. The Suns schedule has been released finally. We know what the next eight games in Orlando are going to look like, and it's just exciting because you feel like it's another step towards some form of normalcy and for that i'm super excited yes i'm very excited for this thing to get like kicked off and uh eight games let me see here july 31st that's a friday so i'm taking that day off how about you (laughs) oh yeah without a doubt it's a 1 p.m start i'm already starting to feel sick i mean it's (laughs) oh yeah a month out i'm I'm, feeling it just just not feeling good already it's like i'm I'm a little verklept here i don't know if it's the sunshine or what it is i'm just i'm not feeling like i'm going to be able to work that day Nope, I'll be home <laughs> with a bunch of popcorn and pizza and beer, Ooh, watching yeah. some basketball, dude. What about some wings, man? Yeah, let's let's substitute the uh, the wings for the uh, popcorn. I don't know why I got popcorn. This doesn't <laughs> sound too good right now. Yeah, popcorn. That's more of like an evening activity. This is a it one is. in the afternoon. You need some wings. You need some beer. You need some pizza, and you need some Phoenix Suns basketball. And it's all going to come together in one month and three days, seen as we're recording this on June 28th. So super excited for the season to begin. Uh, thank you, Suns Jamster listeners, for tuning into this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, and you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Suns Jam. You can follow the Facebook page, and you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida and Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lucy. As per usual. So give us a follow and hope you guys are as excited as we are. I'm getting ready to drink from my coffee cup. This one says, I got this for Father's Day from my stepdaughter. It says, even though I'm not from your sack, I know you've still got my back. Happy Father's Day. How awesome is this? What thing? a great cup. That is awesome, dude. That is <laughs> that's well earned there, John. Oh, it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh every time. And I'm super uh, honored that I got that as a Father's Day gift. So... Uh, maybe I'll crack open this beer and I'll pour it into that coffee mug. So I got, I typically have a beer and some water, but I'm almost out of water and I got plenty of beer. So let me crack this bad boy open and let's talk about the sun's schedule. As we've mentioned, and I'm sure everybody knows by now, the Suns officially know who they're going to play, what time they're going to play, what channel they're going to play. And I think we've all known for quite some time where they're going to play, right, Matthew? Yeah, we know the settings. And you can see that it's a lot of a home and away, home and away, home and away. But it's going to be the same place, probably just switch up the court. Besides that, I mean, it's going to be the same exact gym. And these these scheduled games are... um, Looking like we're going to get some NBA League Pass games. Of course, they all might be. Mm-hmm. And then NBA TV. Uh, nothing on TNT, but Fox Sports Arizona. Hopefully, we can just watch it on there, which is the best and uh, my favorite place to watch the Suns. Yeah, you get K-Ray, you get EJ, and it's a quality watch. Obviously, they probably won't be in Orlando. But I do think that's interesting. The Suns have four home games, in quotation marks, and four yeah. away games. And I guess that's what they'll do. They'll just change the pattern on the court to reflect the home team. I think so. Yeah. And they actually released, I think it was today that they were talking about uh, the jerseys. Um, They're actually going to have their own names on the back. They can switch it up to promote uh, social justice and they can basically say what they want on the back of their jerseys. That's what I heard today. 
So that's pretty I, cool. I heard that as well. And my first question is, do you think that it's going to be kind of like what Major League Baseball does when they do the Little League uh, weekend where they kind of put nicknames on the back? Or are you only permitted to put social injustice things on the back of your jersey? Yeah, I think they're actually going to have it to where – they I don't think they're going to be very limited. I think the players are going to have to, they're going to be able to do whatever they want. And that's the way the NBA is. The players can really do what they want and show how they truly feel about many things other than basketball. So this is a good opportunity for them to do that. And um, it should be social justice, black lives matter. Um, you can, they can probably even do anything, even Kyrie Irving with his flat earth, whatever he wants to put on the back of his Jersey. <laughs> they, they, I'm sure they're allowed to do it as long as it's respectable. Of course, of course. Yes. I wonder how many of them are going to utilize emojis. I don't know. That's actually pretty good. Um, that would be pretty interesting, man. Yeah, like it's a puzzle. You got to kind of figure out what it means. Yeah. You know, it's like a, a turtle, an earth, and like a sad face emoji, and you have no idea what that means. And I don't know what that means. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. Like turtle, sad earth. I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what choices players make. Uh, or if they go kind of the XFL route, if it just says like, he hate me on the back and it's got like the yeah. kind of funny, cool nicknames. If Booker has like D book and Aiton just has DA or something, I don't know yeah. if they're going to do that or if it's going to be strictly sticking to uh, social injustice messages that the players want to put out there to the fans. So, yeah, but that did come out today. And as the schedule came out a couple days ago, I thought it'd be fun to kind of just go over the schedule in its entirety. I mean, it is only eight games and talk about when it is, where it is. Well, I'm not where it is, but what time it is. Yeah. Then kind of get our predictions on it and kind of build out a win loss record that we think is attainable for the Phoenix suns while they're there in Orlando. What do you think? Should we give it a shot? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, um, it probably will not go the way we expect, but let's give it our best shot, man. Never. It'll never go the way we expect. And I mean, we're optimists, because we're Suns yes. fans and you have to be an optimist because you're a Suns fan. I mean, you can't do a podcast about the Suns unless you're a, a consummate optimist. I like to think I'm a realist, but at the end of the day, I always have hope when there's, I'm putting these situations where I'm trying to figure out eight games, I'm going to come at it with the most optimist, uh, optimistic point of view. Although I might sprinkle a little realism there too, you know? Yeah, no, same here, man. I'm, I'm going to give it my best shot, but I'm a true Suns fan. So yeah, I'm trying not to go eight and no. I'll throw in some L's in there <laughs> just to be a little bit more realistic. But okay. <laughs> let's give this a shot. All right, so here we go. The first game when the Suns return to NBA action is going to occur on July 31st at 1 p.m. on Fox Sports Arizona. The first team that they're going to go up against, the Washington Wizards. Now, this is a team that the Suns went 0-1 against on the season. They lost to them. 140 to 132 in a regulation game. That's not an overtime uh, score. That is 140 to 132 in regulation. What's of note in that game is that is the game where, if you recall, Davis Bertans had 16 points off the bench and went four for eight from downtown. And Ish Smith came to Phoenix and lit us up for 21 off the bench. Bradley Beal also added 35. So based on everything I just said there, what's your – uh, prediction for this game how do you think it's going to go well these two teams they're basically the bottom feeders a lot of people don't think they belong there um so they'll show each other that they they want to play they're going to try to fight and win these games i think it's gonna be tougher than people think even though washington does have the worst record 
uh, I think both these teams are going to be ready to play. Uh, of course, we don't have Kelly Oubre, so that's going to be a negative right away. But I feel like the Suns are going to make up for that in other ways and come out with the victory to start this whole thing. I like it. Again, good optimism to start. And, yeah, to your point, they are playing – it's the number 22 seed against the number 21 seed. Great, great way <laughs> yeah. to start. Snuck uh, in there. Yeah, snuck it right in there. Uh, but I think the primary difference, though, is the Wizards are five and a half games out of eighth place. At eighth place. We're six games out of eighth place. So both are in an uphill battle. Obviously, the Wizards, it, they just have to get within four games of that eight seed, and they have an opportunity for a play-in tournament. The Suns do as well. So, I mean, we just got to – but there's a lot of things that kind of have to happen in order for them to get to that critical number of four games behind the eight seed. But yeah. I agree with you. I think that this is a W. I think that Davis Bertans and it, it's big that he's not going to be playing in this game. And I completely understand why he's not playing in this game. It makes complete and utter sense to me. He's a guy who's going to be one of the few – players who's actually going to see a decent paycheck come out of this upcoming free agent class. So why risk it at this point? You're five and a half games out and you have a nice paycheck waiting for you at the end of the season, knowing that at the end of next season, that's when a lot of those big name free agents are coming out. That's when the Anthony Davises, the Kawhi Leonard's and Davis Bertans would, you know, he'd get he, pennies on the dollar. You could get for him next season mm -hmm. or after the next season. So you know, he's not going to be there. I think that's big for the Suns and an opportunity to have better bench play. And I think they come out and they win that first game too. I think so too. And don't get mad at these players for sitting this out because no. it's all about money. I'm not little anymore. It's not about basketball or the fans or any of that. It's about money for these players' futures. So I'm not mad at any of them for wanting to sit out for any kind of reason. It really doesn't hurt my feelings and it shouldn't hurt anybody else's because these eight games are kind of just something to keep us entertained. And who knows if this will even be legit or even continue because of the virus. So uh, good for him. <laughs> yeah. Try to make that money, Davis Bertans, and, and hopefully the Suns can pay him. So, all right. Mm -hmm. So the next game, our second game coming out of quarantine is on August 2nd at 6 p.m., again on Fox Sports Arizona, and that is against the Mavs. The Mavs, the Suns, are 1-1 one and one this season. They lost to them the first time they played them, 120-113, to 113, and then they played them on January 28th in what I feel was the Suns' best game of the year. They beat them 133-104. to 104. Uh, Booker had 32, Aiton had 31, and we truly saw the Bobra lineup at its finest. Uh, do you recall that game? Yes, I do. And there was always an excuse, too, of uh, why the Suns won. I think it was um, Donches. It was a back-to-back. -back. Donches was hurt or something. But the Suns were so efficient that game. Mm -hmm. They really brought it. It was something that we've been waiting for, I feel like, to see this team play that well. I know you can't play that well every night, but they hit on all cylinders. Um, the Dallas team, though, did not. They Donches don't even think finished the game. He was out like six minutes to go in the fourth. Yeah. And the Suns took it to them. And this is one thing where if the Suns can't make the playoffs, I want to see them beat the Mavericks twice. That's what I'm actually rooting for in these eight games. I want us to beat the Mavericks because in the future, this is going to be the most hated team that the Suns are going to go up against. And I want it to start now and continue for the next 10 years. Well, and we've had the Mavs number ever since the eight and Doncic thing began. I mean, we've yes. played them well. 
And I remember that game, and, and you're absolutely correct. There was some reason that no one would give us credit for a W on it after we thoroughly dismantled the Mavs, after you saw Mikel Bridges guard Luka Doncic and pretty much own him. Then it was kind of like, well, he was, he was tired. You know, he, he had a yeah. back-to-back and, you know, always making excuses for Doncic whenever he's not playing well. Another reason that uh, as time has – uh, passed since we had an opportunity to draft him and we went with Aiton. Obviously, you want Aiton to be the number one guy and and to outperform Luka Doncic. But Luka's yeah. just been kind of the darling of the NBA. I mean, you can have a night where Devin Booker goes off, scores 35 points and has a great game, and you'll get a bleacher report notification <laughs> on your phone, and it'll let you know that Doncic hit like a 35-footer. And then you actually click on it and look, and it's like, oh, they're down 10 with two minutes left. Who gives yeah. you know? And that's just kind of that darling uh, of the NBA persona that Luca's receiving from everybody. So I agree with you. I hope that the Mavs uh, are a team that we beat. They're the only team we beat. We play twice in Orlando. I hope we beat them both times just for those bragging rights. And yes. I, I think this game will be a win. I really do. Me I think too, that yeah. the, the, the Suns, again, it'll be interesting to see how they make up for no Kelly Oubre. But I think that the, the team will come out motivated and the Mavs are going to be a little rusty. I, I'm really interested to see what Doncic looks like physically. And Porzingis is another guy who it takes a while for him to get going and get back in rhythm. And seeing as this is the second game back, I think he might be out of rhythm and the Suns have a chance to steal one from the Mavs here. So I'm, I'm saying so far two wins to start the Orlando bubble run. Yeah. So we're both two and O going into the Clippers game, right? I guess we're optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> you would say that. I mean, it couldn't go either other way. You got to start out two and O cause we're Suns fans. Yep. We're excited. Yeah, heck yeah. And then we come into uh, August 4th at 1 PM. This is going to be a game that'll be on NBA TV our only game that's on NBA TV, and we're going up against the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, this is a team that we played three times already this season, and we lost to them twice, losing 120-99 to and then 102-92. to And then, of course, we beat them without Ricky Rubio at the very beginning of the season, 130-122. to What do you remember about that game? Oh, we were there. A lot Heck of stuff yeah. happened. I feel like that was the game that really started our podcast and everything. You were on the big screen, met Jerry Colangelo, Colangelo spilled beer all over his shoes. It was just a, <laughs> an awesome game. Uh, some free tickets that were courtside, and I don't think we could have asked for anything better. It was seriously the best game I've ever been to as a Suns fan. I'm going to have to agree with you, man. Like, yeah, I've been to it was a, insane. a ton of games in my life, and we had great seats. It was gr- there was great energy in the uh, the arena. We were right down next to the Suns bench. We were hooting and hollering and getting everyone around us just having yes. a good time. Because if anybody ever knows me to go to a game, I am loud and I have a good time. And, but and I'm not inappropriate. I like to, mm-hmm. I like to think. I, I hope that I'm adding to people's experience around me with my excitement versus being like the annoying asshole next to you. I'm probably wrong with that, but. Uh, but that was such a fun game. We beat the Clippers. We got to see Kawhi Leonard. There was no Paul George in that game. And it was just really a fun experience. And it, you're right. I, honestly, that is what started our podcast, I feel like. After that night, you know, we were just so jazzed. We're like, you know what? We could sit and talk about the Suns because that's what we did the whole time we were there. We're, we're breaking down the Suns up and down the court, the Clippers. We're like, you yeah. know what? Let's just let's start, a, let's start a podcast. So it was a, that was a good time. It was. 
the other two performances against the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers <laughs> on the season, though, weren't as uh, as fun. You know, they didn't score a hundred either time in those games. Yeah, because it was later in the season where the games mattered more. Uh, I was actually surprised we got to see Kawhi when we went, um, just because you know he likes to sit out games. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean that's just what the Suns had to learn because I mean they started out so strong this season and. Again, when you're playing the tough teams later on the stretch, that's when you got to put up a better fight. And I feel like we just kind of got tired when it came down to the Clippers games the next two times we played them. Yeah, I mean, you look at those two other contests that we had against the Clip Show. And again, like I mentioned, we didn't get past 100 points either time. One was in mid-December, and the other one was uh, just after the All-Star break. So. Yeah. You know, what it comes down to is the Clippers are one of the better teams in the NBA, clearly. They're currently the number two seed. Uh, but when you play against a team like that, you're going to go against guys that have expert defense. I mean, the the second time that we played them, they had both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing, you know, as I like to call them, Leo and Geo. And the, mm-hmm. the third time we played them, same thing. You have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing as well. and it's clear that when you, those guys are both in the lineup coupled with every other part that they have on that team with Marcus Morris is now a Clipper, but they have Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams coming off the bench and Patrick Beverly scoring at will, you know, as a starter, they just hit you in so many different ways. And it's going to be interesting to see what they look like coming out of all this, because they're a team that, had a hard time really finding rhythm throughout the entire season due to the fact that a lot of guys were doing that load management crap and they yeah. still were the number two seed. They were, they're 44 and 20, man. Yeah. They were smart doing that. And I feel like that was the only way this team could get to the playoffs, you know, healthy in a way to where they compete against the Lakers. Cause I chose the Lakers to win the championship. I still think they will win it this year, but and I now chose the I've- Clippers. You chose the Clippers. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now it's just, it's kind of scary to see this Clippers team when they're coming back all ready to go you know you only got maybe 20 to 30 games tops and Mm -hmm. no one's gonna be sitting out and I feel like that's exactly what the Clippers team needs to get over the hump and win the championship finally yeah they're gonna be interesting to watch and potentially very dangerous in this format I feel so unfortunately I am giving the Suns a loss in this game I'm going win. I think the Suns are going to start right. out three. No, they're going to start out three. No, on this thing, it's kind of to go with what the season was this year, where you know you started out so strong. Three, no, the Suns will win the first three games. Okay, I did. Yeah. Why? Because they're going to actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, so the thing is, I really think uh, I would have to look at the Clippers schedule, but I think whenever the Suns come up or even the Wizards against a lot of these teams, they're going to kind of like, you know, not take the night off because you only have the eight games, but I mean, the Clippers are already in the second seed. So it's not going to be really a hard fought game for them. But I feel like the Suns, even after winning the first two games, are still going to want to show that they have a lot to prove. And this is like the very first game against a really, really, really tough team. And I think the Suns are ready to go. I know there's no Kelly Oubre, but I feel like they'll put up a fight. And we're going to see a different DeAndre Ayton coming into these eight games. And then this is where it's going to peak, though, for me with the 3-0 start. I, I feel like DeAndre Ayton has a hard time with Zubak. Who doesn't? It's true. I mean, the guy's just, the <laughs> guy's huge. Random. Yeah. He's just, he's a big dude, man. But he is. Big dude, man. Big man, dude. 
<laughs> so that'll be interesting to watch, but I'm, I'm super excited for that one. So, all right, Matthew, staying optimistic, Matthew. I dig it. Uh, you got them 3-0. and So far, I got them 2-1. and And then we're going into August 6th, 1 p.m. on Fox Sports Arizona, going against the Indiana Pacers. They played this team one time, and whereas I feel like the Mavs – performance on the 28th of January was their best performance their performance against the Pacers where they lost 112 to 87 was in my personal opinion the worst performance of the Suns all year granted there's a lot of different factors that are no longer factors uh, going into that game but again that's a game that both you and I attended and it was a very very frustrating watch what do you remember yes. about that game? <laughs> you know, I don't even remember that I was there, to tell you the truth. I just, really? <laughs> I think I might have blocked that one out. The only one I remember is the Memphis game, really, for being the worst. Uh, but you're right. It did. I mean, I'm, now I remember where I was sitting. Now I remember mm-hmm. the outcome. That was kind of at the time where we were like, all right, the Suns, I mean, they weren't doing too terrible. I know they had the huge uh, lot, the losing streak before that, kind of, before the month before. But we kind of thought, okay, so the Suns are going to be playing these tougher teams, and I don't expect them to win. That's just the way we kind of went into these games, I think. Uh, plus the Pacers, they're one of the teams where I feel like they were so underrated going into the season. I love their team, and I think that they were, they're were they going to be a big surprise in this whole tournament. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I'm yeah, I'm really I'm, – I'm expecting the same thing with the Suns to pull off an L. So this is their first loss for me <laughs> going one and three. Well, that Indiana game that happened on January 22nd was their second lowest output scoring all season with 87 points. We also made it on the big screen on that one, if you recall. Yeah, I remember. It's kind of just a normal thing, you know. It's like if you go to to games with John Voight and now you're going to get on the big screen. (laughs) Yeah, I know a guy. But it was was a, a bloodbath, I remember. It started off decent and then the Suns just, I mean, there was no heart in that game. And it was frustrating. And I agree. I'm I'm, I'm giving them a loss on this one as well. I think that the Pacers are a team that, seen as they're currently the number five seed and they're two games out of the number four seed, they're a team that is going to probably surprise some people once the playoffs start. I don't know how much during the eight games. I feel like they're a team that is comfortably in the playoffs regardless. And they're really going to utilize these eight games to to get their, their legs under them and get ready for that run of the playoffs because they they're a dangerous little team there like them and the heat are two teams that i feel are kind of sleeper teams because you look at uh, the east and you have like the sixers and the nets who are the six and seven seed and they got a lot of big names on there and you're recognizable Mm -hmm. but i feel like the heat and the pacers are just very well coached uh very well uh disciplined teams that execute extremely well i mean i mean that's the pacers man sabonis is just technically sound he killed us that night, and I feel like, yeah, that's that's going to be an L. So there's a. I'm at two and two. You're at three and one now. Three and one, not one and three. I think I said one and three. Yeah, three and one. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So our next game following that is on August eighth at four thirty again on Fox Sports Arizona. And this game we're going against those Heat that I just mentioned. They're currently the number four seed over there in the East, and this is a team that the Suns lost one twenty four to 108 tell me about this matchup well dude well just to start off suns will lose this game and like you said they're a technically sound team 
Um, mm-hmm. A lot of great shooting on this team. Yes. Uh, a team that I'm actually very envious of, and they got rid of your favorite player. It's on Whiteside. They didn't need him. <laughs> um, so, but, dude, I'm just saying this Miami team, if they can have two or three years together with this core, because their draft was great. They got two great shooters in the draft. Yep. Tyler Hero and uh, who's the other guy? I had to look him up. I, I like him a lot. What's his name? I was just trying to get to him. Well, they have Bam and Abayo. Oh, you're talking about um, who did they? Yeah, they just drafted. Well, they drafted Tyler Hero and they drafted another shooter. And the other shooter actually is like <laughs> like better than Tyler Hero. But Tyler Hero is like seems like he's gonna be the next Devin Booker in a way. Gosh, what? I can't find the fucking game. Hold on. Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm looking at their roster and all the rookies. You have Kyle Alexander, doesn't Casey Coppola, Gabe Vincent, Chris Silva, and Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn. That is the guy right there. Is it? Yes, 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 yes. I got to look out for He's a very, really good shooter. Uh, kind of a bigger body than Tyler Hero, though. But I think like those two, especially they have those two coming off the bench, like you said, Alabayo. Yeah, Bam Alabayo well. sick. He is a steal. Like, that whole team, they went through such a slump, I feel like, for like four or five years that was just random. Mm-hmm. But then now they're back. They're back, and they're one of the best teams in the in the East. And I feel like if this team can just stick together, they're going to be probably the best team in the East. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely a loss for the Suns. They can't handle teams like this. Uh, there's just too much power for the Suns, so much firepower, too much strength under underneath the basket. It's just all over the place with this team. Well, this is a game, I don't know if you recall, it was our eighth game of the season. We lost to them on, what, November 11th. I'm sorry, November 7th. Yeah. And it was a game that they just outshot us. And we Suns yes. came out, we were playing well at the time, and it was kind of one of those games where you feel like, okay, we win this game, we really got a good team here. And then all of a sudden we lost it because the, the NBA kind of was saying the sleeper this year is the Heat. With you know, you got Jimmy Butler there, Bam Adebayo's kind of taking that next step. Who knows what Tyler Hero is? And then Hero comes out and he just right in front of his idol, uh, Devin Booker, just puts it in his face. Mm-hmm. And the Suns lose a game that I thought initially they should have won. I don't know. It was a tough game. I have this as a win for the Suns. Do you? Okay. I do, and here's why. I think that the Heat, just like the Suns, they're they're still a young team. They have. Some good veteran leadership there. I mean, you have Gordon Drogic. I think Udonis Haslam still on the roster, so he's still providing uh, ancient wisdom. And then, obviously, Jimmy Butler. But I feel like they're a team that really feeds off the crowd. The crowd in South Beach is infamous for how loud and raucous it is. They're a team that gets up and down the court, and once they start scoring, they feed off the crowd. There's no crowd in Orlando. And I feel like that might benefit the Suns in this game. I really do. Okay. When I think about the Heat fans, I think about them leaving early in the finals when Ray Allen hit that shot to, <laughs> to tie it or to win it. Well, they're known to have one of the best fan bases. Yeah. Minus once that they, moment. Once, once, they get to the, once they actually get to the games, they're pretty good. They're kind of like they're, – they're better than the Rockets fans. But once they get to the games, they're, they're drunk. They're wearing their white T-shirts. Yes. And they're looking good. It's that white. Yes. Everyone's always standing up. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, just to correct myself, the guy I was talking about was actually Duncan Robinson. He's a second-year player. Oh, okay. He, he's lights out from three. Um, I, having him and Tyler Hero, that's – that's a duo I like. I'm very jealous they have those two. Um, but, yeah, 
continue about their fan base. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I agree with you. I, I like their, I like their future. I like the way that they've set their team up. I think yeah. they made the proper trades in order to make themselves successful. I just feel like in this game, kind of to your point earlier, you know, this is going to be the fifth game for a lot of, for at least the Suns. I'm assuming it's for the heat as well. And this might be a game where they think, Hey, maybe we can take this one off. Maybe we can rest a little bit, you know, cause they're okay. playing every other game or every other day. Yeah. That's the way the schedule set up is every other day they're playing a game. So because of that, I feel like they're like, Hey, maybe we can rest a little bit against the Suns, and the Suns are going to sneak up and get them on this one. So that's my prediction. All right, cool. So you are three and two right now. I'm three and two and I'm three and two, two as well. All right. All right. So we're back on track. All right. So here we go. Now we're going into the next game. This is on August 10th at 1130 AM on Fox sports, Arizona. So that's Mm -hmm. another one where, I don't know what day of the week that is, but I probably am going to call off from work. Like <laughs> yeah. 11.30 to watch a Suns basketball game. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, it does. And, and they're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, this is a team that the Suns lost to twice, 126 to 108 the first time and 111 to 107 the second time. Yes. Tell me what you think about this Thunder matchup. So, yeah, the last game they played against them was really close, but you just saw the experience. And I, this was after um, <laughs> when uh, Chris Paul was taking over Devin Booker yes. to be in the All-Star game. And everyone's like, oh, look at his stats. He sucks. But then, of course, Chris Paul comes in. Doesn't have really the greatest game ever, but he leads the team to a win. Mm-hmm. And they just have that leadership that the Suns do not have on that team. Gallinari is not a leader, but he's a very fundamental player. And he's a guy that the Suns – well, Suns fans, I feel like we're trying to get. To, to trade for yeah and it wasn't it didn't happen but this thunder team i even i'm more scared of this team than the miami heat i'm going lost on this one i just don't see the suns beating the thunder especially the way that the suns are kind of younger of course and they just don't have that leadership that's a weird way to explain this but they just don't have the leadership and like the um i guess lack of a better word just talent <laughs> to win no this game. i i get I, mean, I get what you're saying uh I don't completely agree, though. I, I okay. have the Suns winning this game, too. I have the Suns beating the nice. Thunder kind of for the same reason that I think that they can beat the Heat is I think that the Thunder, a team that is going to be – don't get me wrong, they're, they're going to be scratching. They're going to be clawing. You know, they're a team that is coming into this thing as the number five seed, and they're, they're tied for the number five seed with the Houston Rockets. So every game is super important for them for seeding because they don't want to drop down in about that seven range uh, because you hit that seven range, you're playing the Clippers. Mm-hmm. But unless the Clippers win out, the Lakers lose out, and somehow the Clippers get the number one seed. So they're definitely a team that's going to be scratching and clawing. And now that I think about it, you're probably right. Because they have Chris Paul, they have veteran leadership, and they have uh, just kind of a better all-around core. Yes. They're, they're a team that nobody really expected to do much this year, but somehow, some way, they've surprised everybody. And they still have a stable of picks and a future ahead of them that is unbelievably bright. Uh, that game, I remember the one that you're talking about. It was January 31st, and it came down to the fourth quarter. I mean, Chris Paul wasn't having a great game, but he put the team on his back and in the final minutes really kind of solidified that game. The Suns lost by four points, and at the same time he was having a great game, Booker was having – he went 0 for 4 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, and it's just – yeah, and he was minus 9. You look at that whole team on the plus minus in the fourth quarter, he was the worst with minus 9. So it was kind of that telling moment of the difference between a veteran leader – and you can't say a veteran winner because Chris Paul hasn't won shit, but still a veteran presence and what the importance of that is versus somebody who doesn't know how to close the games out. 
And that Thunder game, I originally was going to have a dub. I'm changing it to an L. Oh, okay. You convinced right. me. You convinced me. So we're three and three. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, and the only way I think the Suns can beat the Oklahoma City Thunder is if the team is just sick of Chris Paul because they have to live with them and go to <laughs> games with him. And this is a guy that is well known in the NBA for just being annoying in a way of where his leadership, he's just too, he's too much to deal with, I feel like, to be uh, teammates with and let alone live with them too for a couple months. So maybe that'll get to the team and they just get sick of it. No, you're right. I mean, that's one factor we haven't really talked about is the fact that these guys are going to be around each other all the time, and you're really going to see a true team come out and perform well because they're going to like each other. That's yeah. going to be very important in this versus, you know, like, hey, I have to play with him, but after we're done, I'm going back to my crib. He's going back to his. I never have to see these guys ever again. The only way they're going to have any life outside of basketball is they're going to have to co-mingle. And, and having Chris Paul sit around talking about his fucking State Farm commercials is probably going to get annoying really quick. <laughs> I would think so, but we'll see how that plays out on the court. All right. Next game is actually our only back-to-back. It's on August 11th at 1.30 p.m. on Fox Sports Arizona, and we'll be playing the Philadelphia 76ers, a team that we've only played once this season. You were at that game. It was a win, 114-109. to 109. Yeah. That was the game where the whole crowd started chanting MVP for Booker at the end when he was hitting clutch free throws. Tell me about your, what you think about this matchup with Philadelphia. It's going to be tough, and it's going to be even more interesting to see Joel Embiid back on the court, what he's going to look like in yes. shape. I think that's a big topic, too, a lot of people are not talking about because he, of course, is the guy that won't give you a whole lot of effort until he is just pushed like to his limits by like someone on TV like Charles Barkley. So if this can go two, two different ways. So either Philadelphia just starts out terrible and they finish terrible within the A games. That's what I think. And then maybe Charles Barkley or someone says something, and then Embiid, by the, by the time we play them, of course, Charles Barkley or Shaq might give him shit for something, and then he'll come out and tear us up. Yeah, but this Philadelphia Philadelphia, Philadelphia team Philadelphia, <laughs> I still Philadelphia. I still think they're uh, they're a fantastic team. Uh, I don't know if they'll be together very long, but with the matchup with the Suns, I think the Suns are because I when I went to that game, I just I feel like the Suns were going to win. I feel like this is a team where we can move around them. They're a little bit taller, a little bit bigger, a little bit slower. So I feel like the Suns have a little bit of that advantage of speed and. I like DeAndre going against Embiid, and I like DeAndre putting state, having a statement game against Embiid. But I think the Suns are going to get an L in this one. So right now, I think they're going to be three and four after this yeah, game. Yeah, I'm dropping the same record. Yeah. I think that they're going to get an L in this game just because by this point, the Sixers are going to have their legs underneath them. They're going to be priming themselves for a run in the playoffs. And seeing as they're fighting for the back end of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, who knows will they'll be as far as standings are concerned. But they're not going to be the seven or the eight seed because they have to, they're six and a half games above those. Yeah. But right in between the four, five, and six seed, Miami, Indiana, and Philadelphia are within two games of each other. And they're three and a half, those three teams are three and a half games behind the Celtics at the number three seed. There's going to be a lot of jockeying in the middle right there in the Eastern Conference to see who can, uh, you know, essentially have the right not to play the three seed. Because yeah. if you're the 76ers and you perform poorly and you end up being the six seed, you got to go against the Celtics, a team that I feel creates really bad matchups for them. So, yes. but, but to your point, Embiid's going to be fired up by that point because everyone's going to be talking shit 
because he's probably going to come back <laughs> fat and out of shape. And so by game seven of coming back, he's going to be looking to uh, take out his fury. And unfortunately, DeAndre Ayton is going to be the guy who's going to be standing under the basket when he tries to do it. And we might get some highlights against DeAndre, which are not a good thing. Uh, but even though we beat them by five points once upon a time, I think that this one's going to be a loss. Yes. So three and four. All right. Don't, this is where they. This is where they come back around, though. Right. This is the last game of the season yeah. potentially, unless a miracle happens. That'll be August thirteenth. The time is to be determined, and that will be against the Mavericks for round two. A team we will be playing in our second game. We'll be playing in our last game, and you know what? I'm giving them a win. We're winning. We're beating the Mavericks yep. twice. We are. We're sick of losing four in a row, which I have them losing four in a row. <laughs> and we're just, yeah, we're going to beat them, and we're going we're gonna to have our last say against them before the Mavericks continue to the playoffs. Uh, but this is all I wanted. This is all I wish for is just two wins against the Mavericks, and I think they can get it. I agree. I think that maybe I'm just being – this is optimistic John talking, but you know what? Fuck those Mavs. Well, we beat them twice. It's not too – I mean, we, we both have them going four and four. Which yeah, that's correct. It's pretty, it's pretty good, but it's what we expect. Uh, yep. it's, it's how they basically played the whole season. Uh, but if, if you're talking about the whole season, maybe they would be like two and six. But I'm going <laughs> to – I guess we are being optimistic here. So they're going to be four and four. Yeah, we're giving them 500. And you look at the team on the season, they were 26 and 39, which was 400. And yeah. if you look at their win and loss record versus the teams that they're playing going into Orlando – they won 30% of those games, actually 31%. So they had a .307 winning percentage against those teams. So, you know, we're not getting the best draws. And, and here's kind of the tough thing for me as I look at the schedule and its totality. The Suns need to essentially jump five teams to get into the playoffs, right? So you have the Grizzlies who are currently in the eighth seed. You have the Trailblazers, Pelicans, and Kings who are all three and a half games behind the Grizzlies. And then you have the Spurs, who are four games behind the Grizzlies. The Suns, again, are six games out. Here's yeah. what's interesting, okay? The, the Grizzlies play the Blazers, Spurs, and Pelicans. So they play three of the, four, of the five teams that are below them, including the Suns. They play three of them. So that's an opportunity for the Grizzlies to pad that lead if they win those games. That's full game swings. Every time the Suns win, corresponding team needs to lose for that to be a full game swing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The Trailblazers, they only played the Grizzlies out of all those, those bottom teams. They only played the Grizzlies once. The Pelicans play the Grizzlies, they play the Kings, they play the Spurs, and then they play the Kings again. So seeing as they're three and a half games back, they have an opportunity to beat the Grizzlies and catch a game up on them play the Kings twice to create some sort of padding between them as well as the Spurs. And besides the Suns, the, they are the only other team to play the Wizards. So their, their strength of schedule is easily the easiest going into Orlando. Their eight remaining opponents have a combined regular season record of 254 and 259, which is a 49% uh, winning percentage. They're the only team whose opponent's combined record is below 500 in the entire tournament. Then you have the Kings. The Kings play the Spurs, the Pelicans twice. And the Spurs play the Kings, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans. The Suns don't play the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, or the Spurs. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of information. What do you think about all that? Well, it just shows me that they're basically the punching bag. They're just there to play against a lot of good teams just to get them warmed up. But that's what I'm saying. They have to go out there and prove that they're not. 
Um, so they can only control one thing, not to be old school and out and old fashioned, mm-hmm. but the Suns just need to take it one game at a time and they can only, you know, do what they can to win these games. And then hopefully somehow it falls into place. Yeah. I mean, a punching bag is a good way to put it. And it's for the Eastern conference for the most part. It is. I mean, you look at that schedule coming back into this and they only play the Mavs twice and Oklahoma city once from the Western conference. Every yeah. other team is an Eastern conference opponent. Oh yeah. The Clippers as well. So I guess it's four and four. Uh, but which outweighs what the other teams that we're that are ahead of us are playing with. So mm-hmm. I think that it's really interesting. It's going to take a fucking miracle. Uh, but you know what? Javon Carter was quoted saying, let's go shock the world. We've got a chance to make the playoffs. So why not? We know for a fact we are playing for something. So let's go give everything we got. And again, that's a, the right attitude. And it might be the old school attitude. Like you said, you know, control what you can control. But that's what Javon Carter is essentially saying there. He's like, listen, we got a shot. Who knows how long that shot will last? You know, they come out and they lose that first game. Like it's literally over. But I mean, yeah. they still have a shot as of right now. We have a month to be hopeful about them ha- taking that shot. Yeah. And they have, no, they have no reason to be excited for the opportunity to be there. And they, they really seriously got to take it serious. And they have to take it one game at a time. But this team is built for this. I feel like they're just young, and but they just have to have the leadership. And I think Monte really has to help with that and get Devin Booker ready for that too as well to be a leader in these eight games. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. So do you think the Suns are going to make any moves? Well, let's see. We got one more day, right? <laughs> yeah. I transaction mean, window. Yeah. It's like, I don't the, know. I, I thought they'd pick up some, somebody in some way, shape or form. I mean, we have two open roster spots we can fill yeah. and they haven't filled it with anybody. Well, yeah, I went to that list of just of the players that are known and I just don't see them grabbing any of those guys, the, the well-known dudes, but I think they're just going to be dudes from their NAU and a- <laughs> <laughs> NAU. I always say that. <laughs> Northern uh, for, Arizona Suns? Yeah, yeah. Those those players, um, I don't know what they're doing, honestly. I mean, because you have it extra spots, too. It I know, makes, it does make sense. Yeah. You know, but and I guess if they were a team that's truly serious about making a run deep into the playoffs, yeah, you go pick up some sort of support. Yeah. But what's the point of wasting money on something? You're like, hey, man, you want to come play for eight games with us? Or just be like, hey, Jalen LeCue, we're going to give you some more minutes. Well, I hope that's, that's what I want to see. And the thing is with Jalen LeCue – I feel like he's someone that's going to kind of fade away. And it kind of sucks because he was always the guy at the beginning of the season. We're like, when are we going to see more of him? We kind of yeah. did, but I don't see it really happening with this guy. I, I don't, the more and more, like I, I see him play and stuff. I just don't think he's ready. I know he's super young, but it's going to be a while. And I don't think he's going to be on the Suns team whenever he does get a little bit better, you know? No, I completely agree. I think that he's young, phenomenal talent, but he has so much growing to do. And we just don't have the time to let him grow here. We don't. We don't. We're looking to try to excel. He's a guy who will be picked up by a contender. He might go to Miami and, and have a chance to come off the bench, kind of like Derek Jones Jr. did, you know, who's yeah, exactly. having an opportunity to develop into a good NBA player because he's having an opportunity to get some of those minutes. Yeah. Uh, it ain't going to happen here with Jalen LeCue. I just, I just don't think it is. And that sucks uh, to say, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe we'll see a lot of them during this uh, – this run in Orlando and we will enjoy what we see. And he possibly could be somebody who is going to develop faster than we think, but I'd probably err on the side of caution when it comes to him. 
Yeah, he'll definitely be in the league, though, for a while, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But like I said, he won't be on the Suns when he actually starts kicking into gear. So that's it. I mean, the schedule is officially out. Matthew and I both have the Suns going 4-4. Four and four. I feel like that's a, conservative, uh, a conservatively optimistic point of view. They could probably just as easily go 1-7 and seven or 2-6. and six. But I honestly think that they're going to give it a good run there, especially if they come out and they beat the Wizards and the Mavs those first two games. We're going to see a competitive Suns team, and I'm excited to see that. Aren't you, Matthew? Yeah, I'm excited. And I choose uh, Javon Carter. still going to be my MVP, the 4-4 four and four record I predicted on the big Mega Suns podcast we did. <laughs> yep. So I'm sticking with that, and I think that's how it's going to go. And uh, we have a lot to talk about between now and when the first game starts. So we'll be back shortly. Amen. Uh, look for our next pod coming out here in a couple days. Uh, I actually bumped up mine because mine was three and five is what I originally said the nice. Suns would be on the Suns <laughs> Megapod. Uh, and I said Frank Kaminsky would be the MVP. And I'm sticking with Kaminsky, man. A, yeah, I believe in big guns. Frank, man. <laughs> He's going to come out and just dominate people. He's going to be waving that hand, fanning himself in Orlando. Just yep. He's on fire from yep. downtown. So yep. big Frank, looking forward to seeing you play again once again. But, Me too. Uh, everybody, thank you again for listening. Don't forget to follow the Suns Jam Session on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can email the show, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. And we appreciate you again for hanging out. Uh, go Suns, man. Super excited to see the schedule again. So, Me too. And everyone, go home and love your family. Amen. Take care, everybody.